Welcome to Leaving a Legacy, a podcast focusing on the legacy format and the New England magic experience with your host, Adrian. I, and I think Tin Fins is just, um, it could, maybe it's crack. And Jerry. I'm going to say two things to you right now, and they're going to contradict each other. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one pairings have been posted. Good afternoon, morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 19 of Leaving a Legacy. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jerry, joined by my good friend, Adrian. What's going on, Adrian? Oh, nothing much. Well, all right, that's a flat-out lie. How you doing, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, nice lazy day, but sounds like you're pretty busy. Oh, man, I yeah, I've been busy. It was so funny. I was actually listening to a cast earlier at work, and they were talking about how, um, you know, if you get into doing a podcast, you're going to expect to do four hours a week between editing and all these different things, and I'm like, shit, four hours? <laughs> <laughs> if I could just narrow it down to four hours. <laughs> it's been cool, though. It's been cool. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, a little busy. Yeah, just just a bit. Yeah, but it's all, it's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. I, um, I really... Yeah, I just, uh, I really like Legacy. <laughs> uh, one thing I've noticed is, uh, I have barely used Facebook at all in the last year, and now that we have the Facebook group, <laughs> I actually have things that are relevant on Facebook again. Well, <laughs> so it's, it's drawing me deeper, fits back into the fold. Yeah, I, I still, you know, I, I use Twitter, I don't use it a whole bunch. I did put up a link to episode 18 in Facebook and Twitter. You know, and really, I was a little bit late putting that link up because Monday was such a crazy day. Sunday was crazy. I forget mm-hmm. why. Oh, that's why, because of the Super Bowl. I'm like, why was Sunday so crazy? Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, the Super Bowl, it actually got me. I didn't. I don't even know if I posted the episode till Monday morning just before. Um, I think I woke up really early Monday morning, posted it up, and went to work. And uh, so I didn't get a chance to, like, actually post out a link until I got out of work Monday. Um for for those at home who who don't know what this is all for, is uh, we're doing a little listener appreciation. Uh, Adrian has a sweet. Uh, was it GP Boston playmat or is it GP DC? GP DC. It's the um. Oh God, what the hell is the name of the angel? Exalt, Exalted Angel. Yeah, it's the it's the Judge promo artwork for Exalted Angel. Ah, uh, excellent. And then I also have one for the runner up. Uh, I have one of your favorites, uh, Adrian. I have a Guero's Vengeance to give away as well. Oh. oh yeah. So is um, that, it's not foil, is it? No, sadly not foil. Not okay. foil. But it's still it's still cool. It's oh, nice. are you kidding? That's freaking awesome. So yeah. and I went to um oh jeez. So they just had a I guess the last of the old format PTQ in Worcester this weekend. Or last weekend. Um so it was it was because they changed the the format to the PTQ with PPTQ and all that garbage. So the last old format PTQ was last weekend at the DCU Center. And then it was followed by, it must have been like a 10 a.m. start for standard for the PTQ, followed by a 1 p.m. start for a PPTQ that was a modern format. Oh. And and these were being run by TJ's Collectibles, uh, which is in Milford, Mass. 
Yeah, they're one of the bigger tournament organizers because I think they also organized GPDC, which I was surprised that they went uh, n- down there. Oh, oh, yeah, GPDC, yes, was uh, TJ's Collectibles. Uh, GP New Jersey was Star City Games, but GP Boston was TJ's Collectibles. Right. Uh, and um, <clears throat> so, and and that's actually what was it? Win Tom's money. You know, me and you met there for that little five hundred dollar tournament that was like yeah. ten people or whatever it was. It was a pretty good value legacy tournament. <laughs> it definitely was. I think it was ten Yeah, it was ten people, five hundred dollar guaranteed prize. Yeah, so. I think it was what, like was it twenty dollars to enter or ten? Something like that. Whatever it was, it was uh it was it was it was a good day to play. I, I know that I came in seventh and still made like twenty dollars. <laughs> oh, you suck. I think, I think everybody else just got my twenty dollars, but that's cool. Um, so anyway, so yeah, TJ's put on the PPTQ and the PPTQ at the DCU Center, and I went there because I had a couple of gifts. Um, you know, one of the guys that will work TJ's booth is a friend of mine. That uh, when I started playing again, I met up with, and uh, is is we call him Flip, and, and Flip is he's a really good guy, and uh, he mentioned to me that I might like to play with Gorio's Vengeance, and I think it was like just before Modern was a format, and he just mentioned he's like you you might like to play with Gorio's Vengeance, because he knew I like to play Blue Red Omni Show, and he he knew what I like to do, so I ended up so I went down to this PPTQ and I looked at Flip and I'm like. I just got to tell you, man, you were right. I apparently liked that card a lot. and uh, But I had brought him a couple of gifts of some foil proxies that I had made. One of them was a, um, it's like a foil underground sea. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was a foil, uh, really interesting looking Liliana of the Veil. <laughs> okay. And uh, so I gave those to him. And he had the Liliana out for a little bit. And then, I, you know, I had walked around and... And the Liliana was moved. <laughs> and I'm like, because I wanted to show this guy, Brian, uh, Brian Kelly, who, who's a local player, does a lot of standard and modern stuff. And um, he's like, yeah, I put it away. I had to put it in my bag. I'm like, how come? He's like, because five people asked me how much it was. <laughs> like, in, in about five minutes, he's like, I, I just couldn't even deal with the question. So I just, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Um, so, so anyway, it was cool seeing Flip, because um, I don't see him enough, because Usually now the weekends, you know, TJ's runs a lot of events. He and Flip's usually busy working them, and it's always it's always good to see him because I like playing with Flip. You know, he's he's a really good guy. Uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that, was a, that was a tangent and a half, but good. Yeah, that, that was almost that was that wasn't even all of my weekend. That was just like Saturday. How about yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, haven't really had much time to play Legacy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Did you guys actually even end up uh, firing on Sunday? Oh yes, we did. Oh nice! How many people showed up? I don't remember. I would was say it, 12? was it was it okay? Maybe about, more. About twelve is where I would expect on Super Bowl Sunday. Might have been sixteen. Yeah, um, but I ended up. One of my friends had a combined birthday party, uh, Super Bowl party, so I went to that instead. <laughs> Kind of really looking forward to playing some Legacy. I have more decks than tournaments to play in, so <laughs> <laughs> need to whittle it down, because I still want to be playing the uh, Grixis uh, Goblin Welder deck, because I only got to run that once, and it did pretty well that one time. Mm. 
but then just today I got my copies of uh, Cloudform and Lightform in uh, the mail today. <laughs> so gotta put that deck together too. So <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna be putting that deck together and then not using it for like three weeks until I get Grixis uh, Painter out of my out of my uh, system. Um, but I've just been playing a lot of Moto lately. Uh, have Esper, uh, and Grixis, uh, control. Uh, not somewhat Grixis blockers, but, uh, you know, the young Pyromancer, and then just all the fun stuff dot deck. So, been trading off between those two. Um, the online meta is actually really funny. Uh, because there's all these cards that are super expensive in real life and no one has access to are dirt cheap online. Like, Chains of Mephistopheles were like $5, if that, and then Moats are like two fifty. So, I was playing uh, against uh, Pox last night, and let me tell you, four Tabernacle in Pox is absolutely backbreaking. Sure. Wait, <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, that land is legendary. It is. I mean, they don't get to play them all at the same time. <laughs> but just the fact that they can have four in the deck to find uh, and, okay. you know, replay after you've wastelanded it out from under them. Nice. That's not really something you'd run into in real life. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, how much is how much is Tabernacle on Moto? Uh, in, on Moto? Well, let me do a quick check. I know it's about $800 in uh, real life. So let me just... Mm-hmm. I can tell you it's not eight hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Uh, so Tabernacle is uh it's still not super cheap, but it's cheaper than eight hundred dollars. It's uh seventeen fifty online. Definitely manageable. <laughs> but uh yeah, absolutely backbreaking. So if anyone has four tabernacles, if you want to put together pox, you'd probably win a couple events with that. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's pretty uh it's nice to have things that can't be countered, and you can't really counter a land play. Yeah, exactly. And, and the, I don't know if the Delver decks went back to playing Wasteland or not. Yeah, it's interesting. It's still a little early. I mean, Legacy's always uh, the slowest-moving format, so even with the bannings, things are going to take a while to change. But, I mean, that's a good segue to the SCG event we just had, because a Delver deck running Wasteland just won the event. Uh, Jim Davis, though. Jim Davis playing Bug Delver. And it's actually pretty much reverting almost exactly back to where it was uh, before Cons of Tarkir came out. I mean, I would, that's a pretty stock list, I'd say. Uh, went back to the Stifle, Wasteland, Days. Uh, still know him to Torak. Uh, Bug Delver is kind of 50-50 whether they're on the him to Torak plan. Uh, looks like they still haven't gone back to it. Uh, him to Torak just got absolutely blown out by Treasure Cruise, so haven't seen a copy of that in a while, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see him to Torak come back pretty soon. He's got three Dark Confidant, four Deathrite Shaman, four Delver's Secrets, four Tarmogoyf, one True Name. Uh, no Planeswalkers went really heavy on the Creature Suite, so yeah. he definitely much more aggressive version, which makes sense because he's also running the Stifled Package. Mm-hmm. So when you're running the Stifle Days Wasteland package, you don't really want to be dropping Planeswalkers and drawing the game out. You want to just be ending it as quickly as possible. Yeah, this uh, this is not what I do in Bug. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but this is this is Bug Delver. Yeah. yeah, it plays a lot more similar to Rug Delver uh, rather than you know kind of the Bug Walkers or Salt or uh, Chardless Bug. Yeah, it looks like he just wants access to Dark Confidant. 
Mostly. Yeah, yeah. Basically, he just feels abrupt decay. Going a little bit bigger than Rug gives him the advantage over those decks while still being faster than uh, all the Sultai or not Sultai Bug uh, Shardless Bug. Uh, it's faster than that, so he ends up winning in that regard. So he kind of gets he he's threading the needle between being a little bit bigger than uh, the red based Delver decks while still being quicker than the. Uh, shardless decks that we've seen been really coming back lately. Hmm. Looks like, I mean, second, third, fourth is Storm Elves Storm. So that means he played both of them. So he beat Storm in the finals. And then I'm guessing he played Christopher Hall with Elves, uh, in the semifinals. Well, whoever he played, however he played it. Well, uh, look at that. Rudy Brixa went shardless, Saltai. And last I saw, he was doing, uh, Patriots Elver. Right, right after Bob Wong did. Yep, I do. I do think it speaks kind of volumes that uh, the bug decks were the only decks the, uh, that made top eight that were kind of non-combo. Uh, we had Storm, Elves, Storm, another Elves in seventh place, and then even though they may not look like combo on paper, they very much play like a combo deck in uh, Burn and Infect. Well, you know, I think somebody must have heard uh, Houston. Yeah, and they decided to sleeve up Burn. Yeah, there you go. I mean, <laughs> pretty stock list. Uh, it's wearing the Searing Blaze, uh, which I think is definitely much better than, uh, oh, what's the, what is it, Burning Blood? It's the Searing Blaze, but it does damage, uh, to, uh, I was in the recent one. I can't, I can't really list yeah. off a Burn card, man. Yeah, I forget what it is too, but it's, Searing Blaze is the better choice, the two red. I think it's Burning Blood. But, yeah, it's Burn and Infect rounding out the rest of the top eight uh, as combo decks. It's interesting that uh, the Bug decks were the only decks that uh, were able to beat out the non-combo-y decks. And usually I would say that's because Bug has access to Discard as well as Counterspells, whereas Rug, Rug Delver doesn't, or Blue-Red or Blue-White-Red. Uh, but even looking at the Bug uh, decks, they're not even running any uh, discard spells. No thought seizes, no him to Torax. Alright, so you wanted to talk about the ninth place Maverick list. I just, I just wanted you to take a quick look at it. I, I didn't really want to go over it or anything. It's, I'm just looking at it like, that looks fucking scary. As far as like. Yeah, Maverick's back. I'm glad. I missed it. It, it really has me needing to make my considerations carefully. Because SCG Worcester's coming up in less than two months now. Yes, it's true. And that's going to be the two-day Legacy Open. So I need to start actually thinking about what it is I'm going to play and what it is I want to play. And I, I think I want to bring something different, and I want to figure out what that is. And I'm going to be highly influenced by Maverick decks like this. Uh, as far as you want to play Maverick, or you want to play a deck that beats Maverick? I just want to... I don't want to play Maverick. Okay. Um, That's understandable. But, <laughs> it's not blue. But Maverick needs to be a consideration for what I intend to play. Like if, if you know, I, chances are, like looking at Maverick, I'm probably going to want to play a deck that access, has access to Massacre. Uh, because just Maverick and fucking... I was saying, I think more important than Massacre is actually Perish in this meta. Sure. There's a lot of green creatures running around again. Yeah, or Hibernation. Yep. Uh, I, I like Parish better because it's black. And yep. It fits more into kind of the style I like, but yeah. all the Maverick decks, uh, Rug Delver and Bug Delver are making a comeback too. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Jeskai Delver and Blue Red are falling off the face, so Parrish is, is really well situated right now. Also, elves. Can't, can't forget about elves. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and in fact, ah, Par- Parrish is just getting better and better the more I go down this list. <laughs> <laughs> it's always hibernation and submerge. <laughs> yep, submerge also. Um, I think the format's going a little bit wide still. Uh, you know, we still haven't gotten over the whole young pyromancer making a billion tokens so everyone else is going wide and playing lots of little dudes. I don't know if there's anything else that you want to point out on the SCG. Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty standard stuff going through the rest of the list. Okay. Uh, and while, look at that, while I'm at it there, 38th is Goblins and 40th is Merfolk. Yep. <laughs> ah, so from what I can... That is fucking awesome. What I can gather... Omnitel does not run Emrakul, whereas Omni Show runs one copy of Emrakul. <laughs> Apparently, that's the difference in names. <laughs> right, whether there's a creature. <laughs> yep, whether they have the ability to attack with an Emrakul. <laughs> but yeah, goblins came back. Is it, uh... Oh, it looks like it's traditional goblins, too. It's not even doing the, uh... Goblin, uh... Mo- or Mod Catcher. I just like seeing anybody fucking doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Right after Goblins was Merfolk. Yeah, Merfolk 40th. And this was definitely a very combo-heavy meta. Lots of copies of Storm, lots of copies of Elves. Uh, not too much Sneak and Show. Yeah, and that actually did surprise me, because that's supposed to be the most resilient combo deck going anyway. Mm, it's not... It's also one of the slowest. Yes. So... Elves is slower than Sneak and Show, but Elves has the ability of just playing creatures and blocking for days and buying them time. Sneak and Show doesn't really have that ability. Mm-hmm. Sneak and Show is just my life total is my clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Elves can actually buy time by chump blocking. So I just think the meta's still just a little bit too aggro orientated for Sneak and Show. Uh, and especially with all the, the bug Delver style decks running around, that's a nightmare matchup for Sneak and Show. Because if they can strip their hand and land a Liliana, then Sneak and Show can't possibly win the game. Because they're, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, you, it's really hard to beat an active Liliana. Yeah, and the only way is they have to top deck sneak attack, play the sneak attack, and have you know four mana available that turn, which is kind of hard in the face of uh, counter spells and wastelands. Mm-hmm. And then they also have to top deck a creature to play off the sneak attack. So. It's possible, but it's a very, very narrow route to victory. Uh, and it just just looks like Sneak and Show's been forced out a little bit right now. Mm. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Maverick uh, still puts some decent results, because I think Maverick would be really nice to try again. Uh, last time Maverick was good, I didn't have access to Savannah's, so I'm, I kind of want to play, play a Maverick deck at least once. Wow. So I was just looking at uh, the Merfolk deck. Yeah. This is Enrique Gasari in the sideboard. Yeah. Uh, because Merfolk has, a, has some trouble with... Uh, Batter Skull. Yeah, Batter Skull and also uh, Jet. Not as yep. much trouble as Elves, but if yep. Jet can come down before a Lord can come down, it makes it very difficult for Merfolk to stick around. No, this is, I, I love playing Enrique Gasari because sometimes... What else can I do to deal with a true name nemesis? I have to get the equipment off it. Yeah, uh, against true name, that it is really important. 
Haven't really been seeing that many uh, Stoneforge true name combos lately, though. Uh, yeah, I guess I haven't seen much Patriot Delver since Treasure Cruise got banned. Yeah, well, it was Patriot Delver was preying on all the blue-red Delver decks, and now that blue-red's been pretty much banned, <laughs> it's kind of hard for blue, blue-white-red's blue uh, food sources kind of drying up. Yeah, the only, the closest I saw was 16th place. Mm-hmm. Guess what I ordered also with my uh, cloud forms, speaking of dealing with equipments... Tower of the Magistrate. (laughs) But sometimes you just need a way to slow them down and, you know, take care of that batter skull just long enough for you to push through the last points of damage. The biggest problem is the lifelink, because the lifelink stalls the game out, which allows them to get to that point where they can just be, you know, bouncing and playing batter skull over and over again. Hmm. So the Tower of Magistrate is kind of just a cheap, reusable answer to Batter Skull, which is kind of exactly what that deck needs in the face of that. Definitely not main deckable, but I can definitely see it being in the sideboard. All right, so you got Tower of the Magistrate and your Bug Delver deck is ready to go now? Yeah, I'm going to have to bring it <laughs> over again. Bug Delver's coming back in, so ah, I have too many decks to play, Adrian. There's not enough tournaments. And I know, I know the feeling. I'm really thinking about starting to play on different days of the week. Yeah, and then the biggest problem is that you know the big tournaments come around, and you want to be playing one deck consistently leading up to that big tournament. Yeah. But you don't know what deck that is because you don't have enough chances to play all the decks and figure out which one you want to play. Right. Because um, yeah, we have the Coopersburg, uh, Pennsylvania tournament coming up. The the forty Black Border Dual Land tournament. So I'm going to need to choose a deck pretty soon and start practicing it with it, getting ready for that deck, uh, that tournament. I may revert back to Bug Delver just because I have a lot of history with it. So, and the meta has pretty much reverted back to what it was when I put the deck down. So I think think I may have to pick that up again. Tell me about this tournament. They are doing uh, 40 Black Border German duels. I'll link it in the uh, Leaving a Legacy. Uh, page two, so people can check it out. Here it is, external extravaganza. So, it is in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania on March 14th. Uh, $60 entry fee. Giving away a bunch of foreign black border duels. Let's see here how the prize distribution is. So, first place is three German black border underground sea. Second is three German volcanic islands. Third is three German Tundra, and then fourth is three German uh, uh, Tropical Island. Sorry, did I say uh, Tropical Island? Second, third, second is Volcanic Islands. So Underground, Volcanic, Tundra, Tropical, three of each black border. Then five, six, seven, eighth get one of each of the blues. And then ninth through 28th are getting a black border of non-blue dual lands. And then they're doing store credit to uh, 29th through 64th. <laughs> German Black Border Dual Lands, $60 entry fee. Yeah. Swiss round, cut the to top 16. How many people do you expect to be there? I'd say about 200. Events like these usually draw a pretty big crowd, and the last one they hosted was about 200 people, so I'd say it's right around there. Wouldn't be surprised if it... Since it's Black Border Dual Lands, wouldn't be surprised if they got up to 300. Uh, and uh, so you're going down there? Yeah, I already took time off of work. Did you rent a hotel room? I haven't got a hotel room yet because, you know, I'm not really good at planning things. Okay, that's <laughs> I, right. You can sleep in your Mazda. <laughs> yeah. 
I thought about going to Indianapolis, actually, like on Friday night, no plans, none whatsoever. I'm like, huh, I wonder if it would be viable for me to just go to Indianapolis and play in this legacy event. And then I looked up and saw it was a 14-hour drive and decided against it. Hmm. So uh, I, I already took work off. I at least planned that far and ahead. Uh, and then I'm going to find a hotel room, probably go down. Uh, you, you thinking about coming down? No. No. <laughs> Actually speaking, uh, you're wondering how many people are going to this. Right now there's 282 people who say they're going to it, and it's still about a month away. Uh, that sounds like a lot of people. Yeah, going to be a pretty big tournament, so I'm excited. I mean, even if I don't, you know, top eight, I mean, topping eight would be awesome because I'd love to get some, some sweet Blackboard dual lands, but... Just playing in tournaments those that size is really what I love playing in, just because you can play and play against so many different decks. SCG in Worcester is coming up at the end of March. Jerry, it looks like you're going to end up going to this Eternal Extravaganza, and then what is it? One week later, you'll be doing the SCG Open in Worcester. Oh yeah, get all the practice in one week, and you'll probably you might even come back with some pimped out blackboarded fucking duels for you. SCG Open appearance? Is that where we're going? <laughs> yeah, that's what I gotta do. I gotta win the Tundras, so I'm gonna put together Cloud Knot. I'm gonna come in what what places it gets me the Tundras. I wonder if I should like scoop so I specifically get the uh yep. Third third place Tundras. Alright, I'll have to maneuver my way into third place to get the Tundras and then just show up at uh, SCG Worcester with uh four black motor tundras and take that event down. That's the plan. That's the grand plan. Are you gonna be there Sunday? Uh, where at that? Are you coming to tea Sunday? I think so. It's uh, it's fifty fifty. I should go to my friend's birthday, but it's in Philadelphia. What are you gonna play this Sunday? So I went to play last Sunday. I brought Shardless Bug again because it was it was fun the week before. But I did it a little different as far as I put Shardless Bug back together with uh, Scavenging Goose um, because. It's really fucking cute against Dig Through Times anyway. It's also cute against Reanimator. Um, but Scavenging Goose is fucking good. So I also did other weird stuff. Like in the sideboard I had Counterbalance Top. Yeah, I've been seeing that a lot more often. Yeah, and I think that was really cute when Blue Red was just such a fucking menace. Right, because there were just so many one-drops running around that you were free to counter with uh, Sensei's Counterbalance, but that's going to fall off a little bit. And I don't play Counterbalance with any sort of frequency, so I have actually um, almost no practice with it. (laughs) As, 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 <laughs> yeah, when I first started playing that, I would just people would like play spells, and I'm just like, yeah, sure, that's cool. I don't have any counter spells in hand. I just have this counterbalance on the fields that I'm not, you know, activating or triggering. Cause. Well, here's and, and here's a little fucking cute thing too, because this was actually kind of fun. So I went down there, I played Sunday, and my my stepson had gotten me a Grizzlebrand playmat for Christmas. So I sat down to play, and some games I would just break out my Grizzlebrand playmat. And, you know, we go to our opening hand, and, uh, and like, you know, it, it's, it's me sitting down with a Grizzlebrand playmat. You're probably <laughs> expecting to see Tin Pins, right? Right. Just watching my opponents take mulligans was so fucking awesome. <laughs> Just like, oh. by the force of will. <laughs> They're like, can't keep this hand. And then, like, they take a mulligan. I'm like, all right. Uh, 
polluted Delta Bayou Death Rite Shaman. And they just kind of look at me like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, so good. Dude, yeah, people ask was... you, they, every time they, I like play like Tropical Island Dover, I get people come up and say, uh, that doesn't look like a Grizzle brand. Why is yeah. that not a Grizzle brand? And, and, and so it's, it's, it's really cute. Like, when, when I do that, like, I don't even care about how the tournament's going or anything. When I just watch you mull because I sat down, uh, I already feel like I won. <laughs> That's all I go for. Um, but I had uh, a couple of and a couple of rounds that I felt were noteworthy. I played against Merfolk, and it was it was cool. It was uh, I like Merfolk. I've, I've liked Merfolk as a deck for a while. Merfolk is a good way to beat up on decks that play blue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's almost like why it was around. <laughs> Why it was around? Yeah, I mean, Merfolk was always the the blue destroyer. When blue has always been one of the best colors in Legacy, and then people played Merfolk because it beat the best color. Sure. Okay. Uh, huh. Never really thought about it like that. Okay. Um, actually, I did beat. Oh my god, man! And I think one of the last times I played Merfolk. One of the last times I played Merfolk was when well, um, was when True Name Nemesis was printed. And I sleeved up Merfolk to play True Name Nemesis in it. And it was the first weekend True Name Nemesis was legal. Yeah. And I played against a box player who, like, <laughs> destroyed my lands, edicted me, and Fox, we got to... Fox don't care about no protection from player. I had uh, nothing on the board except for a True Name Nemesis, and he couldn't get it off the board, and he died to it. And I'm like, really? wow, wow, this card's fucking great. <laughs> like, to, I love Merfolk. Um, so yeah, I played against the Merfolk deck. It, it looked a little bit different. I know it was a, it was a younger guy, um, and I so I imagine it was a yeah, budget thing. It might have actually been a choice, but I just kind of imagine it was a budget thing because I didn't see a wasteland. Um, but it was the Cavern of Souls. So like, I because I noticed you know he, he played days, mm-hmm. um, and I like. I wouldn't play Meta Vault with Wasteland, with Cavernous Souls, with Days. Right. But I didn't see a Wasteland, so I think it was like Cavernous Souls over Wasteland, which um, is it's valid. I mean, for me, like... Yeah. It's, uh... And, and he ended up... He beat me pretty good. Um, I forget what the fuck... I don't even think I had much going on. I don't remember, but... Um, there was... It was, uh... That was noteworthy. I love... I like Marfolk. I like... I like to see decks that... There's, there's something that, this is my fucking thing, right? Now, there's so much, I find a lot of times, and this is one of the reasons I don't like Standard, uh, a lot of times in Standard, people are like, oh, the best deck, you know, they, they go on so much about what deck is fucking hot this week, and, and it kind of bugs me. Um, whereas in Legacy, a lot of decks just have an ability to stick around, and a lot of times, how well somebody plays their deck seems pretty fucking relevant, you know? Right. I mean, that's kind of the best advice I ever got about Legacy is don't play the best deck, play the deck you're best at. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So we're like, what, what, you know, there's a lot of people I know that want to proxy up fucking Miracles and play Miracles, and I, I keep telling them, I'm like, fucking build Merfolk. You get Force of Will. 
Then you get Wasteland. Then those start going into other decks. You, you, like, if you get Elves and you want to build Elves, what else do you Gaius Cradles go into? Yeah, I never, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but Merfolk's probably the perfect entry point for getting into serious legacy decks. I think it's a phenomenal fucking yeah, entry point. Yeah, because it's always a good deck. Yeah, build the shell of Merfolk and you'll have the shell of, you know, nine tenths of the format. Well, you get, alright, so you get Force of Wills and Wastelands and Ether Vials, right? Ether Vial being the $25 card. Everything else, alright, besides True Name Nemesis is... And even True Name Nemesis cycles over into a lot of decks. And then one copy of Jit, right? Every other card is like fucking $5 or less. Okay, Curse Catcher apparently jumped, but, you know, you know, my, yeah, my, my, we can my, say, you can probably say $10 or less. Yeah, my, my point is the bulk of that deck are cards that are not terribly expensive. It takes a little bit of budgeting and resource management to be able to put the deck together. But once you do, you have a complete deck where your waste, your really expensive cards will go into other decks. Like, and as a, not as opposed to, but along the same lines, I would say, you know, pick, pick your, pick your expensive card, right? Is it going to be Force of Will? Start with Merfolk. You know, you get, you get Wastelands with it. If it's going to be Lion's Eye Diamond, go for Dredge. Or fucking ad nauseum tendrils, you know. LEDs yeah. don't go in as many decks as Forza will. But if you don't like, if you don't like to play blue, maybe you like Wasteland anyway. Your Ether Vials may not be bad. Start with Death and Taxes, you know. Right. Except for the Caracas, you know. It's it's certain, but find a deck that has cards that will pour into other decks. And I think Merfolk is phenomenal for that. Yeah, Merfolk really is a, a really good entryway into getting into just blue in general in the legacy format. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I ended up, I, I lost to Merfolk, and then, uh, I forget, I think I beat somebody round one, because I think I went, I think I lost two, or one, two, I, I, somehow I ended up like, um, I, I was two and two, and then pl- went to play somebody else, and, uh, you know, I even had a, it was funny, because I had like seven cards on the sideboard I brought in, and I also should have brought in the eighth, and I didn't even think about it, but, um, because one of the cards I had in the sideboard, and this was the one time in the day where I actually brought Countertop in, um, and I had Counterbalance down, I had Top down, and they cast Brainstorm. And I, I didn't want to put the top on top of the deck because they still had four mana open after that. I'm like, uh, do I, so like, I don't know how the fucking, like, you just fucking put the top on top and counter the card. Now you're one for one. Otherwise, your Counterbalance has been useless, right? Wait, so, so why do you have to, why is it useless? Well, when you cast Counterbalance, it's effectively done zero. When you counter their first spell with Counterbalance, now you're at least at parity. Every spell after that increases the value. Oh, okay, yeah. I, sorry, I understand now, yeah. So, I didn't want to counter the Brainstorm because I didn't know what was going to be following the Brainstorm. And it's just fucking, I think that's just fucking bad. Like, I didn't, it, 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 my point is, like, I brought in Countertop, and I didn't fucking play it anywhere near effectively. And I acknowledge that. You know, like, that's... And a, which is good, because it's the only way I'll ever fucking play it correctly. Um, but what I did notice about that deck, it was really fucking cute. Um, I So I sat down to play, and um, I actually saw a deck running Monastery Mentor. Really? Oh, first sighting. Now, this is, this is the White Prowess... Tokens get prowess too, right? Yep, it's the white young okay. pyromancer. Yeah, so so I actually played against a deck that was really, it was pretty fucking good. Um, it 
so what happened? I, I, so what, I, wait, what was the deck? Was it red it, white? Was it no Esper? Esper. Okay. Yeah, it began with uh, Gataxian Probe Cabal Therapy. Okay, good choices. Um, and followed through with a whole bunch of stuff up to and including Elspeth. Ooh, that's pretty spicy. I like me some Elspeth. She does uh, play. And a Batter Skull. Um, okay. Equip the token, give it flying and plus three. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, and that was pretty fucking rugged. Um, you know, and then I, I sided running, in like. Running Jace too? I did not see a Jace. Okay. Uh, then it was a. I sided in counterbalance and top, and those were pretty fucking bad because I didn't play yeah. them. Yeah, right? well, that's not really a deck I would bring in counterbalance top in against because it sounds like their curve's pretty high. If it's no, good. but I, I knew he was bringing in counterbalance top anyway. If he wasn't main decking it, like it, so, it, it was it was fine. I was I was content to bring in counterbalance top because my curve is low. I can stop the mentor. I can I can stop um, I can stop uh, the Stoneforge Mystic. Um, I'm just like we're, I think we're pretty fucking even going across as far as casting costs go. I'm not terribly worried about it. Like I mean, obviously, what two minutes ago I realized I don't play top right anyway. Or right. I don't play counterbalance right anyway. But um, I brought it in also because I wanted to try it. I wasn't really worried about countering every one drop he had. I was more concerned about being able to interact with what was going on anyway. I gotcha. Know, like, so at one point he played a top. I cascaded into a top. He went, that's a card. Uh, then he, he went to cast <laughs> Counterbalance. I countered his Counterbalance top deck my own and put it down. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's a solid it, start. There was, I mean, that wasn't like in turn two. I mean, I, I knew the Counterbalance was there on top of my deck. That's why I wanted to make sure I countered his so he couldn't float a two-drop to counter mine. Right. Otherwise, we're just getting into an ugly fucking nonsense back and forth. Yeah, exactly. Um, at one point, I did uh, something happened where I had to shuffle the deck. I, maybe I cracked a fetch and he shuffled the deck up for me and cut it and I cascaded blind into an essential vision. <laughs> he just like shook his head. Um, and that's always that's always a sweet feeling, but you know, I was playing four of them, it's bound to happen. Um, then so after he beats me in two games, I look in my sideboard and I realized I did not bring in Dread of Night. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty good card against that. <laughs> it's actually a really fucking good card <laughs> against Monastery Mentor and Elspeth. Yeah, because, you know, uh, I just... Monastery makes white ones, right? Yes, and so does Elspeth. Yes. And, and they're going to die before anything fucking happens. Um, so, I had Dread of Night in the sideboard just for death and taxes. And it wasn't until I lost to the Monastery Mentor that I realized how fucking good Trinidad is against Monastery Mentor. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's... Um, I can't think of anything... Was there anything like that for Young Pyromancer, aside from Engineered Plague? Like, was there any... There was no one-drop enchantment um, of your tokens, was there? Yeah, there's... Uh, it's what it's one point of the new set. It's one black enchantment and enchant, uh, token Oh, creatures. Illness in the Ranks. Yeah, yeah. Illness in the Ranks. But, I mean, Actually, that's fucking cute, too, yeah. Yeah, it's not really good enough for Legacy, though, just because while there are a lot of tokens lately, there aren't enough to warrant that card slot. Because you can get the same effect on a much broader reach with something like Dread of Night or Zealous Persecution or Engineered Plague. Uh, yeah, that it's are... just... 
they're they're a little bit more expensive, but they hit a wider range, and so that's why people favor them. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I like Dreadnight just because it was taking care of Thalia's. Right. Yeah. If you Dreadnight typically won't see that much play unless you have a specific reason, such as you know you you want to get rid of yeah you want to get rid of Mother of Ruins, you want to get rid of Thalia's. So if you have a a weak matchup against uh, Death and Taxes, I could definitely see running Dread of Night. Hmm. So, so yeah, it actually turned out it really would have been much better in the fucking deck than Counterbalance. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually a brutal card that doesn't see enough play. Is Knight of Souls Betrayal? Yeah, but that costs four. Yeah, but it just wrecks everything. Like if you sure. if you go down the list of you know some of the top played uh, creatures in Legacy, it. Uh, Knight of Souls Betrayal just deals with all of them. Delver of Secrets, yeah. they can never play another Delver of Secrets ever again. Well, they can only have the one that's flipped, right? Yeah, they, they can only keep ones that are flipped. They can't ever play a new one. Uh, no, it's, and it's, like, I, once I look at the forecasting cost on Knight of Souls Betrayal, I almost would just want to play fucking Curse of Death's Hold. Yeah, but it it it's definitely it needs a deck. It needs a specific deck to be used in. Like it it only really sees play in uh, pox decks or uh, black green control decks. Uh, you know, for that very reason. You, you, all right, you're gonna tempt me to put some garbage together with fucking Knight of Souls betrayal and humility. <laughs> yeah, it's oh that's. A- <laughs> <laughs> No more creatures for the rest of the game. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do this with spells. Yep, that's that's pretty good. Actually, uh, and then you could also run batter skulls. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like how as the show stretches on, we just get into like brewing janky deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I uh, I gotta play. I want to play with my humilities more. Yeah, humility. <sighs> there are so many cards that I wish. I wish there was almost like an alternate universe legacy meta where we could get some of these cards that just aren't quite good enough to see some play, uh, just because I think they're so much fun. Okay, all right. I think you've tempted me there, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm playing Humility Sunday. Playing, playing a little Humility Sunday? Nice. Uh, I think so. I have to go get two more Oblivion Rings. I mean, I don't think you're going to have much trouble finding Oblivion Rings. <laughs> Actually, they only had one at That's Entertainment last Sunday. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah, so I now have two. got to find two more Oblivion Rings. Here's here's the silliness. I have to go find two more Oblivion Rings and three more Circle of Protection Reds. Yeah, I actually have the hardest time finding Circle of Protection Reds before SCG New Jersey. <laughs> well, I, I was at I was at TE, and I'm like Nate. While while I'm here, can you look for some Oblivion rings and some COP reds for me? And he, and he's like, yeah. And he set them aside, the Oblivion rings. And then like by the end of the, and I was gone because the tournament was starting. And then at the end, he's like, oh, I had them aside for you. And then you were gone. And now I can't find them. And he managed to find one. I said, okay. <laughs> what about Circle of Protection reds? Because I don't have any here. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that is so odd. Now I so really yeah. relatively soon, I'm going to go down to. Um, Wonderland Comics in Putnam and pick up Circle of Protection Reds. And while I'm, you know, while I'm down there, uh, I may end up going Friday. I don't know. I doubt it. Have to see if my son got his report card and how it is. But the um, there is. Remember, I've been telling you that they do a draft, and if you registered for the draft, you get fifteen, uh, like twenty percent off or some fucking amount off of uh, singles. Yeah. Right? And I told you a little while ago about a guy that I worked with who got diagnosed with esophageal cancer, and there was a benefit for him, which he unfortunately passed away before it was held. Um, so we all went down there in a snowstorm, and Lita was mentioned. She's like, "The guy must have been fucking awesome." I'm like, "He was. He was just this big fucking teddy bear." And um, 
He was a sweet guy. But you could tell because so many people traveled out in a shitty-ass fucking snowstorm to go to a benefit that he wasn't even going to be at. So we could kind of, you know, pr- uh, support his family, really, you know? And um, one of the things they had going on was, like, raffles. Like, you buy tickets, stick them in bags, whatever. And Lita, I got a bunch of tickets, and Lita was sticking them in bags, and ended up winning me a $30 gift certificate to the store that sells magic cards. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, sweet, I'm going to go down there, and uh, I, I know that they have World Gorgia Dragons in stock if I'm really feeling stupid. Um, <laughs> what are they, they charging for them, though? That's the real question. I think they had them at like 11 bucks. Oh, that breaks my heart. <laughs> the thing was, they, they, they and, and, you know, the guy down there, Jake, he's fucking, Jake's an awesome guy, and, uh, they were telling me, he was telling me that as soon as World of Quartz Dragon got unbanned, everybody came into the store to sell them theirs. <laughs> really? Yep. So they have apparently had an influx of World Gorgia Dragons. Uh, wow. there were, there were two underneath the register in a case, and, um, but it, like I said, so down there they have, uh, you know, you get discounted if you're into the, the Friday night draft anyway. So I know that they have three Lion's Eye Diamonds in stock. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm debating if I want to go down there, register for the draft, um, pick up some Lion's Eye Diamonds at a discount with a gift certificate also. Stacks, you know? stacks on stacks on stacks of value. Yeah, and then just uh, see if I want to fuck around with Burning Reanimator a little bit. Yeah. That's always what's held me back from those types of decks is I don't have access to Lion's Eye Diamonds, and I've never really, you know, taken it upon myself to start collecting those. I I got them a while ago, and, uh, you know, I played Dredge. I Really, I liked the Epic Storm. That deck was a fucking blast. Uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils was harder for me to pilot. Um, the Epic Storm was, was fucking good. Uh, Dredge was good. Um, it, I, it's just... I don't think... I guess I didn't play them enough in one of the guys, Jim, um, that comes to tea and plays Dredge a lot. He was looking for some LEDs, and uh, so I ended up getting rid of them then. But the um, I haven't picked them back up because as fun as the Epic Storm was, like I said, you know, I mean, Ten Fins has been my combo deck of choice. There's, there's other things I've been doing besides playing with Lion's Eye Diamonds. It seemed like at a certain point, graveyard strategies were just really fucking fragile. Um, yeah, but it looks like they're coming back. Uh, all those storm decks in the top eight. Yeah, I know, I know, and and I'm trying to think of like what I would want to do. Uh, you know, I know I know I want to give Burning Reanimator a shot, and this I think I think when I got rid of the Lion's Eye Diamonds, the other reason was because Oriok Salvages was printed in fucking Modern Masters, and I just <laughs> couldn't make Bomberman happen. Oh my God, Bomberman! That's another deck I want to try out. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Oriok Salvagers is a creature that's one colorless, one white, return an artifact with converted mana cost. Is it one or less? It's actually, I believe it's, let's look this up, because I think it's actually three colorless, one white. Well, to cast, it's three colorless, one white. But yeah, the, and then one white, one colorless activated ability, return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I think it's artifact costing one or less. Let's let's get a, an official... Uh, I think you're right, yeah. Oh, no, one or less. Yeah, yeah, one or less. So, yeah, so you use the ability, one colorless, one white, and you return Lion's Eye Diamond, crack Lion's Eye Diamond for white, and then repeat it all over, and you get infinite mana. Unfortunately, you now have no cards in hand, but what you use is Pirate Spellbomb, so you make infinite white mana, so you can activate Oriac Salvagers infinite times. Then you make infinite red mana, and then you return Pirate Spellbomb from your graveyard to play and shock them uh, using the mana. 
So the cool thing about this deck is it's actually a it's a vintage deck because it gets even better when you can also use Black Lotus and Moxes as well. Well, yeah, now you can use Lion's Eye Diamonds and Unburial Rights. Right. Yep. Exactly. So yeah, that's another way you make infinite white mana and then use uh, Unburial Rights to bring creatures back into play, or you can just use the Oryx Salvagers with the uh, Pirate Spell Bomb and kill them that way. Well, no, no, you actually you use the mana to flashback unburial rights to get the salvages back into play and then you still go off spell bombs right oh, okay yeah i see what you're saying um well yeah, you just, still just, you don't actually cast the salvages right yeah exactly well you still need a certain amount of uh mana because uh unburial rights still cost the same amount of four yeah the unburial yeah. rights is just kind of there as it's, uh, just... it's, it's an insurance policy well, you're just able to use a burial rights because you crack the LED and just end up discarding your hand. Well, okay, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, and then you just have to have uh, uh, six... Extra two mana or some shit. Yeah, six mana available. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, like double LED, Lotus Petals. Yeah, Lotus double Petals. LED also works in that case, too. Yeah, well, Lotus Petals are Ritual. Dark Ritual's good. Yep. Um, so, that's a fun little deck. The problem with it is it's super susceptible on multiple fronts. Because it's susceptible to graveyard hate, because you know you're a graveyard centric deck. You're also susceptible to creature removal, because Oryx Salvages is a creature. You're susceptible to counter spells, because you're a combo deck. Um, but once you get everything in play, um, you actually get around the combos. It's just a matter of getting the Oryx Salvages in play in the first place. Yeah, and this is just, you know, I. So when Modern Masters came out and I had the fucking, I didn't realize it was uncommon in Fifth Dawn and went to Rare and Modern Masters. And I still haven't seen the fucking thing in Modern. Which oh, just I have, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it's in Modern Masters. <laughs> I actually have a bunch, of, I have a couple foil ones. It was one of those Oryx Salvagers and then Greater Gargantuan were like the cards that laughed in my face every time I bought a Modern Masters pack. <laughs> I have so many copies of both of them. I have so many foil copies of both of them. I'm just like, ah, oh, why couldn't you be something good? <laughs> I can't even think of like, I mean, it, I, I, it's obviously something you can do in draft, but I've never actually even seen anybody play it with a fucking Lotus Blossom. A Lotus Bloom, whatever the fucking thing is. Yeah, it's it combos with Lotus Bloom. I guess it is a modern deck too, since you can use the Lotus Bloom or Salvagers as the combo. It's just not nearly as good. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Plus, maybe if you discard it with like Faithless Looting. That's what you'd have to do, I guess. Discard the fucking Lotus Bloom so that you can try to bring it back with the Salvagers. Yeah, like a red white deck. Once you get six mana. Yeah, just yeah. it's better in Legacy, and it's not that good in Legacy. <laughs> it does sound super fun. I do want to play it sometime. Me too, me too. I, I've been wanting to. And now at this point, like looking looking at the fact, like, oh, I got Oryx Salvages and LED in my graveyard. I have infinite mana. I would think I would just rather have World Gorge Dragon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cheap. It's probably one of the most efficient ways to get infinite mana. It's just really susceptible to all forms of hate. Yes, all forms. All forms of hate. <laughs> dismember hate. Yeah. Like, I broke your combo up with a dismember. Yeah. Yeah, that's saying something. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Alright, so... Wow, where the fuck did that all come from anyway? Where the yeah. hell were we? Uh, you were just thinking of janky decks you wanted to play. <laughs> okay, yeah. Alright, so yeah, do I want to get Lion's Eye Diamonds and what would I want to get them for? Alright, so... 
Bomberman, uh, Dredge. Not, not as good as Goblins. If you if you pick up Dredge, I think we may have to end the podcast because I'd I'd refuse to speak to you. Why? Uh, you know how much you hate miracles. That's how I feel about Dredge. <laughs> you missed it too. There was a fucking Dredge deck there. Oh, good. I'm glad I wasn't there that week. <laughs> uh, no, it was it was so funny, right? Because I sat down, I opened up my fucking, I opened up my Grizzlebrand playmat across from a kid I played against before who was doing an Esper deck um, that was using, I think, I don't remember if he was doing Gitaxian Pro, but he was using uh, Lingering Souls and Cabal Therapy. Um, and next to me was Josh, and across from Josh was a guy saying he's degenerate. He's like, I, I feel like I should apologize. I feel degenerate. And I'm looking at him going, you haven't seen what I play, have you? <laughs> like, and then I, and I open up my Grizzle Brand mat, and then we start playing, and I look over, and the board is full of, like, his graveyard. And I'm like, oh, I see. That's not degenerate. Like, <laughs> it, it's, it's something that, you know, like you said before, people just need to be ready for it. Have your graveyard hate. Yeah. Yeah, that's just the way you beat Dredge, but <laughs> I still don't like Dredge. I don't think it's healthy for the legacy format. Um, so I'm surprised uh, Josh was there on Sunday because I know he's a huge football fan. Did you guys finish the tournament before kickoff for the Super Bowl? Uh, may have. Now, oh, actually, I just realized next Sunday is probably going to be a huge tournament because it's the first Sunday without football. Without what football? Yeah, no football next Sunday, so we're probably going to get a really big turnout at that Z, since usually football season kind of sucks uh, some of the players out of the tournament since they're too busy watching the game. Yeah, except, yeah, hopefully it's a big turnout. It may or may not be. I'm going to have to put together another deck and figure out what it is I want to be playing for cards. Yeah, I think I'm going to be just running... Uh, the Grixis Painter Servant Goblin Alder deck again, just because I haven't gotten that out of my system. But yeah, should be a good week. Thing. I might, I might have to bring my own Painter Servant deck too. Yeah, do it up. I wonder if James Keenan's still on uh, Painter Servant too. We could have just have a Painter Servant party. Well, you know what the funny thing is, is I think he went back to Bug Delver. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. It's I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it's a good fucking deck, but like, it's, it's, I don't know if I want to say interesting or sad or what, because he just like. Is that a snowblower? Yeah, there's a snowblower. Looks like my neighbor's doing the snowblowing. <laughs> um, Great sound quality. <laughs> <laughs> Are you on the porch? <laughs> no, I just have huge windows in my room, and it just looks out onto the driveway, which is like a shared driveway with my neighbor. Okay. Huh. Um, have you seen... The fucking GP Grizzlebrand? Like, have oh, you seen, have I haven't you seen, seen it in person? person? No. It, it, it's fucking gorgeous. Yeah, I need to get me some. Oh, my God. I, I saw it in the case. There were th there was four of them. And I, I was so tempted. I was... It looks so good. It looks so good. I'm going to have to make one of those. Yeah, they do look so sweet. Their price is going to come down. That's what I'm waiting on. Because they just became available at the last GP. Um, so they're going to go down in price as the season goes on, because they're going to be given away at every GP from now until the end of the year. Or okay. in, maybe it's halfway through the year, but they're still they're still a ways away before they, they end their print run. So they're going to get a lot cheaper. I see them settling around like $17. So consider, that's what I'm waiting on. Consider this, though, Jerry. This is going to be... You don't, have to, you don't have to keep muting it, because uh, 
Yeah, it's just going to make editing it sound awkward because it's going to keep losing and gain in the background noise anyway. Yeah. Because every, every, every time you say something, it's going to be there, so I wouldn't even worry about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you can close your window. <laughs> <laughs> the window's closed. <laughs> um, so <laughs> It's this massive, massive beast of a thing. <laughs> we'll, we'll, get, we'll get you. We'll get you a foam fucking helmet. You can record it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So consider this though. Before the Banner Skull was the promo for the Grand Prix, Banner Skull was worth less than it is now. Yeah. Well, that's also because uh, Stone Forge Mystic was on a rise and it kind of dragged the Banner Skull along with along with it. Sure. Um. What I've noticed though is that the, you know, foil batter skulls are like worth double to triple the price of regular batter skulls. And then the GP promo batter skulls are worth about the same price of the batter skull. So I think the foil grizzle brands are still going to command that same premium. And then the GP promos are going to settle around the same price as the non-foil versions, which are right now around like 17 to 20 bucks. I think I see what you're saying. Okay. So that that's kind of why I feel the uh, the GP promo ones are going to go down in price, which is what I'm looking for. Yeah, because it looks so fucking good. Yeah, uh, which I definitely have to get because I I just upgraded the uh, I have my Judge Foil Show and Tells and Judge Foil Sneak Attacks. Oh, you have both. Yeah, yeah. I ended up uh, completing the playset, so now I just need to finish out those uh, foil warmer cools, and then I can have a foil sh- uh, sneak and show deck that I never run. <laughs> Yeah, that snowblower is really something. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, I guess we want to kind of wrap it up. Since yeah, we should go towards top eight. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna scoop in Jerry's neighbor. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> neighbor. Okay. The thing literally looks like it. It uses the a motor of a Hummer. Top eight pairings have been posted. So, episode 19, Jerry. Who? Like to scoop into top eight. Uh, scooping in the top eight, I'm gonna choose uh, Mr. Josh Sissio. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he is leading for the Air Force. I think he actually left yesterday. Uh, well, so at the time of this, he left a week ago. Yeah, so at the time of this, he left a week <laughs> ago. But yeah, he joined the Air Force. He's going to basic training, so I'm not gonna see him at the uh, local tournaments. And definitely a big loss. You know, one of the best players we have in the area. I've learned a lot from him. So he's gonna be yeah he'll be back too. He'll be back he'll be back but it's gonna be a couple months so wishing him the best of luck at uh you know basic training. Yeah we'll be missing him on Sunday that's for sure. Definitely uh, that's that's pretty much all I have been for top eight. Uh, what about you? Um and so you're scooping in Josh. Yeah I'll scoop in Josh and I'll scoop in my fucking name. <laughs> that's, what, that's right that's how. It, wow dude. <laughs> I'm, I don't I don't know, I don't know if, if like. If you yell at what, but when you do that, your microphone goes fucking crazy. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> yeah. So you're just scooping in your your uh, Josh and your neighbor. Yes. First, you know what? I want to scoop. I want to. Sto- I want to scoop in Stephen Hendrickson, because uh, he was going to SCG Indy. He went to SCG Indy, and he was keeping me posted on it throughout the day. And I get a kick out of that. That's fucking awesome. Because um, it's nice to acknowledge players around that are also. You know, doing the same shit and like doing the same shit where I can't be. Like, I'm not going to fucking into playing the SCG. So if you keep me fucking posted on what you got going on there, that's fucking awesome. Um, so I want to scoop in. I also want to scoop in Thomas Le Guin for sharing his miracles list. <laughs> and even though you hate miracles. 
Well, the, the, the thing is, is I can, just because I hate the deck doesn't mean I hate the player. Thomas Leguin, I'm scooping you in. Um, and Dave Singleton, you know, uh, player out of Wyoming. Um, you know, the guys that really fucking post up in this in the Facebook group is really fucking cool because uh, that's that's awesome. Thing. So yeah, a bunch of people there. Yeah, I think in the meantime, your snowblower is gonna eat you. The tournament is over and the store is closing. Feel free to see us during normal business hours by emailing the show at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com. You can also find the host on Twitter with Adrian at Mathema Trickster and Jerry at JMEE3RD. You can also join the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group to stay connected. All right, Jerry. All right. We'll, uh, we'll uh, don't get arrested, or else we're not going to see you Sunday. Yeah. You're already, you're already going to be on tax evasion as it is. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, hopefully it won't snow, so we don't have to listen to my neighbor snow blow again next uh, next week. <laughs> All right. We'll have to fucking. I don't know how I'm going to edit this shit, but I'll have to. Check. Yeah, I've been like trying to mute it as it goes by, and then I'm just like, ah, it's not even worth it. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, well. I, that's it. We'll, we'll just play you out with the soothing sounds of a, a diesel snowblower going. <laughs> Come on, everybody. <laughs> wow, and we got to do something about your microphone. Yeah. That thing's, that thing's rugged. Um, I think it's the the clipping from the snowblower and then me, like, trying to mute it, too. Um, it's, uh, it sounds like, you know what it sounds like? You ever listen to something with a blown speaker? Oh, is that is it sounded that way the entire time? Uh, especially when you start talking loud. You know how you like when you, when you get a blown speaker and it's just like oh, a bad fucking rattle. Oh, I know what this. Ah, uh, damn it! I'm an idiot for not correcting this. What? Um, I was on a Skype call with one of my friends earlier, and they were having trouble hearing, so I turned up the gain on my mic, and I never turned it back down. Huh? Uh, that's why. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> yep. Oh, there we go. There we go. Let's try that. Does that sound better? It actually does. Is that why I've been having such a pain in the ass time editing, too? Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I took... Yeah. yeah. I turned the game way up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Adrian. <laughs> I just put it back in place. <laughs> Do I sound crystal clear now? <laughs> yeah, just in time for the ending. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Uh, that's been for like the last two episodes. <laughs> oh, it's been sounding so. I'm like, and I think it started. I don't know if you remember this. At one point, there was a point where I'm like, you you laughed about what the hell? What was it you were talking about? The greed. And like I'm like Jerry, hold on. It sounds like you just ate your microphone. Yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, it's the greed. And then, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been noticing it since then. Good. Yep. Yeah, I was I was on a Skype call and they had shitty speakers, so I turned the gain all the way up and then forgot to put it back in place. <laughs> wow. Wow. Just been maxing out the microphone. 
<laughs> Thanks, That's Terry. That's fixed now, so going forward. <laughs> going, so, welcome to episode 19 of Leaving a Legacy. Yeah, we're going to record that. <laughs> no, we can't do <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. Uh, well, I hope everybody else has a really good fucking Monday. Yep. I could tell by this Wednesday that I'm going to have a really awkward weekend. Oh, no.